you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. Super excited for this episode today. We have you know, somebody that's just been crushing it for a very long time now. He's a young guy, 32 years old currently, but he made his first millions by the age of 28, starting with only $1,200 and you know, making 10 grand a year. So something that a lot of us go-getters in the very beginning, you know, young hustlers getting started, not having the clear path in mind, you might start off in that exact same situation. And, you know, he's got five books out. He's got four books out right now. They're all bestsellers. They're all amazing books. Uh, he's actually going to be giving out one at the end. So stay tuned to the very end. But, um, but today we're going to be diving into his story. He's got one more book in the making as well. Should be out soon. But uh, we're going to be diving into his story today about how he went from $1,200 in the bank to mega millions now. And uh, this guy's coming all the way out from uh, Canada, correct? Winnipeg, Manitoba, up in Canada. You got it, Brandon. I love it. Cool. So, uh, Stefan, what's up, man? How you doing, brother? Doing great today, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate you. So for anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who you are, do you mind giving like a rundown of who you are, where you come from, like how, how you got to where you are today? Yeah, well, thanks for asking, Brandon. I, I started when I was, uh, I wanted to be in entrepreneurship when I was 16 years old. I wanted to be a rock star. Yeah. And I said to I told my mom and dad, mom and dad, I want to be a rock star. And of course, both of them said no. But my mom said, you know what, I support you. Why don't you go to music school? Because, you know, rock stars need a degree, something ridiculous like that. <laughs> so I went to the university and I, I dropped out of music. I dropped out of computer science, dropped out of uh, the business school. I ended up graduating with a degree in English and a minor in music. And when I got out of school, there was no jobs for that at the time. It was about 2008. And uh, if you had an English degree back then, it was totally useless. Today, in 2018, 10 years later, uh, Mark Cuban says an English degree is one of the most valuable degrees because there's so much content being written nowadays. So it's important today. But back then, it wasn't. So I went and got a job in a call center in the middle of the night making minimum wage. I was a guitar teacher teaching guitar. Mm. And uh, I refused to be poor. You know, I was poor. I had a low income. I didn't own anything. And uh, I read a little book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure lots of people have read that book. Changed my life. You know, I, I, I gave up on my rock, my rock star dream. I, I quit my band. I sold all my gear. And I went into real estate investing. And uh, I can't say it was easy. You know, first two years, I struggled a lot. Uh, then I hired a coach in my third year yep. in the business. I did 12 deals. Then I did 24 deals the next year. Then I did 30 deals. Now my team does about 50 deals a year. And, uh, you know, by 28 and a half, became a self-made millionaire today, I'm 32 and still do real estate. We got four deals on the board. I think we're wholesaling right now behind me and, uh, also train and teach people because in 2014, I won rich dad hall of fame, which was really cool. I started yeah. out reading rich dad, poor dad, 2014, I was rich dad hall of fame, which they only give out one award per year in Canada, which is super cool. And, uh, yeah, man, just teaching, writing books, doing deals, you know, just more of the same now. That's that's the plan over here. 
I love it. So the education that you got, you, you went with Rich Dad, uh, Poor Dad's course? Well, my first, you're going to laugh at this. My first course I took, I saved up 70% of my income back in the day was saving for real estate. So when I was making 10 grand, I saved $7,000 a year for real estate. And I went to the bank and I couldn't buy anything because I didn't have provable income. I was self-employed. What do you guys call it? Do you guys call it W-2 in the States or is that 1099? 1099. 1099. So I had 1099 income. They didn't like that. I didn't have two years of proven. So I, uh, I went and I bought a, a course and it was Donald Trump University. Yeah. So my first course, it was 1500 bucks. And I remember I bought it and my mom said, you paid what for that course? You paid too much. You're, you're stupid. And then my dad, my parents are divorced. So I had to go to my dad's house. And my dad said, you paid too much. Those guys are taking you for a ride. You're getting scammed. You're never going to buy a property. Even if somebody uh, gives you the money for a property, the bank's going to call the mortgage. You're going to be bankrupt. So very negative messages. Yeah. All the naysayers. Yeah. Negative. Sometimes the people most negative have same last name as you. Yeah. So very negative message. And I went to the class with my brother. And at the end, of course, they said, hey, if you really want to do this, a mentorship's $30,000. Well, I had no way of doing that. You know, nobody would lend me money. I had a $500 credit card. I went out to the parking lot. I cried like a little girl because I wanted it so bad yeah. and had no way of doing it. So 2012, four years later, I went and uh, signed up for Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I had a whole bunch of properties by then, but I didn't really, I wasn't doing it very well. I wasn't doing the business smartly. I had a lot of equity. I had some cash flows living off. I didn't have a job anymore. I quit my corporate job. And I signed up for a $27,000 Rich Dad course. And we went up to the hallway and borrowed the money from a friend at 20% interest over the phone. So I raised the capital for the course, went in, paid off the class first week after the wholesaling class, wholesale two properties, paid out the loan. Wow. So, you know, the, the, the education stuff works. I'm a believer. I'm a, yeah. I'm a product of the system. Um, it works if you work. If you don't work, uh, you're the scam. You know, education's not a scam. You're a scam. You're scamming yourself. That's right. You know. So what kind of real estate uh, do you mostly focus on? I know you have some wholesaling behind you and you said you did uh, a couple wholesale deals to get out of that debt that you became in to get that course. Yeah, well, I'm, I did a lot of flipping, man. I mean, I would flip 12, 24, 30 houses a year, buy, fix, sell. Yep. So I'm very good at raising money. My first book here is called uh, Money People Deal. I yeah. wrote this in 2013 and I raised $5 million of capital with it, went out and flipped a ton of homes. So I was a, a big house flipper for a long time. Um, I train house flipping. A lot of my students do, I have guys who do 30 houses a year I've trained. They started at zero, now they're doing 30 houses a year. Yeah. Um, I got guys doing luxury builds, you know, multi-million dollar luxury houses, flipping luxury houses. So uh, my, my background is really flipping houses. That's what I'm really good at. Now, right now, uh, our team wholesales about a deal a week. So we got three acquisition guys in the office. We just had our acquisition meeting before this. And uh, we also have, um, I got a rental portfolio. That's something I'm expanding right now. And then actually I got a, right here is a letter of intent. Right after this meeting, I'm sitting down doing a $5 million, 50,000 square foot warehouse to oh, nice. do uh, three, 300 storage units and an office share in there. So I'm doing all, all sorts of different things. I mean, flipping houses is really great business. It's a cool business, but I got about 10 employees now in the office. We got several business ventures. So it's an artist business. Like you have to be the chef in the kitchen, cooking, tasting the, the soup, 
to really flip houses well. So, you know, we do a lot of wholesaling now, buy and hold, uh, getting into commercial here, just all, all of whatever makes sense, man. It's a, it's a business, wherever you're at, you can make sense out of it. Yeah. Real estate is real estate. So you're just going for it in all avenues. I love it. Yeah. So, so you start off with 1200 bucks and then now you're, you're making millions. You raised $5 million. I'm sure more than that at this point. Um, you know, you have a, a good sized team now, three acquisitions guys. That, that's pretty awesome. You know, yep. how do you start off with barely anything, bunch of naysayers around you. And then you get to the point where you're, you're obviously just crushing it. You're building teams and just like your analogy, like, you're being the chef in the kitchen and you're tasting everything and making sure everything's running smooth. Well, I think the biggest thing is there's three types of capital brand and there's real capital, which is cash and credit. Yep. Then there's, uh, there's social capital, which is your network and your friends. Yep. And the last one's intellectual capital. So you got three types of capital and a lot of people have no intellectual capital, no social capital, no real capital. Now, if you look at rich people, if you go to like a country club, one of the top country clubs in your city, they, those people have real capital, social capital, and intellectual capital. Let's say a guy's like a surgeon. Well, he's got intellectual capital. He's a surgeon. He's pretty yeah. smart. You know, he's also got all his friends who are surgeons or, you know, they're connected and then he's got money in the bank. If you look at a poor person, they got none of the above. So I had none of the above. And what I did was I took all my cash and all my credit and I piled into my intellectual capital. Mm. So I, I spent oh my gosh, over 300 grand flying around the world training in the US, UK, Canada, all over the place with the best of the best to raise my intellectual capital. And once I raised my intellectual capital, I started raising my social capital and I started giving out books and selling books. And I also started building my network. And that's really the key. I think it really starts with education. It starts with intellectual capital because so many people, they think, Oh, I'm not going to train. I'm not going to invest in myself, but somebody's going to give me a million dollars. Like what, what drugs are you smoking? Yeah. Give me some Yeah. because you have to invest in yourself first. If, you know, it's like, if you see a homeless guy in the street, he's got a little bucket of coins. Well, he's investing in himself before you're going to give him some coins. Or you see a guy playing guitar on the street. Same thing. They put some money in the basket before you're going to give them money. Yeah. You're the same way. You got to invest in you before other people are going to invest in you. And so that's, that's my, that's been my secret. I've just bet on myself harder than anybody else. I've doubled down on myself, you know, all that money I poured, I poured into myself at the beginning. And now, you know, it's uh, it's crazy. I'm a top 1% income earner. Um, for my age, I'm probably top 10th of a percent uh, income earner. So it's, it's a totally different thing from being the bottom 10 grand a year to the top 1% real change. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the education behind it and, and not enough people actually pouring into the, the three aspects that you really need. Um, I really like the analogy of, um, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you really need to plant the seed and invest in yourself to be able to, to see the outcome overall. But everybody does want that, that quick, easy magic pill um, to just success right away, which is, it, it, it doesn't make sense at all. Well, there, there is no magic pill and there is no silver bullet. I think a lot of people think that if they sign up for this seminar, if they sign up for this class or this whatever, this coaching, it's going to all be different. But the truth is uh, the programs may or may not be good. Let's say they're fine. 
it's all about, I say this all the time, real estate's proven, the system's proven, you're not. Yeah. You got to prove yourself. You got to work. You got to put in your offers. You got to make your phone calls. If you don't do it, nobody else is going to do your push-ups for you. Yeah. No, yeah, that's so true. You can't outsource your push-ups. So it's so true. So um, let's talk about your book, the the one that you're really diving into it, and and you're you're talking about how you started off with just twelve hundred bucks to to millions. You know, like self-made. Self-made. Yes, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, self-made is, is just the story I told you. They're starting out at 16, wanting to be a rock star Yeah. and realizing, you know, that being a rock star nowadays, we kids these days, we grow up with this idea that, Oh, I want to be rich. I'm going to be a famous Instagram model. That's the one I hear now from young mm -hmm. girls. They say, I want to be an Instagram wife or an Instagram model or Instagram influence. So that's the new dream. Yep. And, and, you know, we got this dream of being rich and famous and, uh, you know, you go through the school system and the school system teaches you nothing. Um, they teach you trigonometry, they teach you biology, a lot of bullshit actually. And you get out of there and you don't have any skills. So, you know, the book self-made is all about the struggle of trying to make it and trying to be a real estate investor and get into real estate and, you know, all the mistakes and all the problems I went through, you know, I was on the edge of bankruptcy at one point, several times in the book, um, you know, trying, trying to get a date. No one wants to date me because I'm so like my clothes suck and I, I'm so ugly, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just all, all the problems of starting out. So that's what it's really about. It's about starting with that 1200 bucks and going through yeah. all the problems and struggles that people don't talk about. Yeah. So let's talk about some of those problems because I feel like, uh, just like you mentioned, like a lot of people just think that it's going to come easy after they, they get that course or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a lot of growing pains that you have to go through uh, to really change yourself. So what kind, of, what kind of things were you going through, like the bankruptcy and, and maybe some other uh, examples that, that really threw you off and, and took some time to get out of? Well, a lot of the book is me struggling, just being ignorant, you know, just yeah. trying to do stuff and I'm ignorant and I don't know how to do it. And I smarten up and I find a mentor. And of course, you know, that this is the thing about mentors is let's say you're a five scale is zero to 10. Financially, you're a five. Well, five's looking for a six or a five's looking for a seven or a five's looking for an eight. You know, we always want something better than we are. Well, someone, let's say who's an eight or a nine or a 10, they don't want to mentor a five, right? They don't want to deal with somebody who's lower than them. That's just human nature. And so, you know, trying to find that mentor and getting somebody, and I ended up uh, paying for a coach. That's what I ended up doing. I paid, it was $10,000 at the time for a coach. And this, the coach really ironed me out and he sat me down and he said, look, here's the five things you need to know if you want to be a self-made millionaire. And it came down to marketing, negotiating, uh, production, like buy, fix, sell, cash flow, and raising capital. Those are the five things that self-made millionaires know that the average person doesn't. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. So, um, so like, what happened with that whole bankruptcy situation? Well, I was on the edge of bankruptcy. I was on. I, I was ninety days away from bankruptcy, yeah. and uh, I had a corporate job raising money in private equity, and ninety days. After that, I was doing this, this big project, my second deal ever. And uh, this is a, a massive house. I chopped the roof off and I was building it up an extra floor. 
I had no permits. The, the city, it was raining every day on my wood frame house with no roof, um, had no cash. I had to start using my credit cards and 90 days away from bankruptcy and 90 days, it would all be over. So I quit my corporate job and I ended up showing up in my painter outfit. I used to be a painter painting houses and I showed up every day and in 45 days house was done. It was refinanced. It was finished. But, uh, you know, it's scary, man. I mean, I went all in, I went on the edge and being an entrepreneur really is an exercise in being all in a lot of the time. Yeah. And I know that's not a good idea to be all in all the time, but to be an entrepreneur, you kind of have to be all in because there's no other way to do it. A lot of people want to keep their corporate job and try to do some real estate over here, Yeah. but it doesn't really work that well. Um, it can work okay. You know, you can do well, but if you really want to be an entrepreneur, you look at a guy like Elon Musk, he's all in. You look at a guy like Trump, he's all in. You look at a guy like Branson, he's all in. Steve Jobs, he's all in. You know, there's not a lot of people who are successful part-time entrepreneurs. No, it's so true. I, I, uh, I'm definitely, I've always been a risk taker and I, I feel like a lot of my success thus far has come from taking risks. And obviously there's some smacks in the face uh, along the way when you, when you do take some risks, but, uh, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And just like you mentioned, all the rock stars that are crushing it in the game, like they're all risk takers. So I, I really love how you, you literally, <laughs> you're, you're 90 days away from bankruptcy and you quit your corporate job to, to just go all in, to be there every single day to make it work. Well, that's what it takes, man. I mean, you know, I remember when I was a rock, I was in the music business. I want to be a rock star. Well, I should have taken a clue from, you know, Gene Simmons, a kiss, or, you know, you look at green day, they dropped out of school at night at 16, yep. at 16, they dropped out of school. I said, we're going to be rock stars or we're going to be dead. And I think we live in this world now where plan B is more important than plan A and plan B poisons plan A. And so many people, you know, they never do that dream because they're so afraid of, you know, plan A not working out, but they never work on plan A. So then you get plan B. Yeah. And that's where I was, man. At the beginning of this book, I have like post-grad depression because I lost my band. I, that was my little business. I lost my rock band. I'm lying on the couch. I have this degree I never wanted and I'm depressed. And, you know, my decisions up to that point had been plan B, plan B, plan B. And then I started switching to plan A. And plan A is hard, man. Plan A is not easy, but I think plan A is more exciting and more um, rewarding. More, it was more rewarding. Yeah, it's more successful over time if you go for plan A on, on day one. Yeah, I mean, if your heart is telling you to do something and like your mind is right there, but fear is the only thing holding you back, I highly, highly encourage people to just get out of their comfort zone. Uh, you know, whatever it takes, just push yourself out and, and really be able to get out there to do it. Because fear is the number one thing that holds people back. So after, after you educate yourself, that eliminates some of the fear. And then, you know, confidence is the, the secret ingredient, I feel like, to be able to, uh, whether you're faking it till you make it type of situation or whatever it is. But if you somehow gather up some confidence and, and just go for it, then I feel like that's where you'll have your breakthroughs for sure. Yep. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's all confidence. Yeah. So I want to talk about building some systems uh, a little bit, just because you have, how many people are, are a part of your team right now? I feel like three acquisitions people. That, that's pretty powerful. I like that. Yeah. We got three acquisitions right now. And then we've got a full-time office manager slash bookkeeping slash accounting department. Okay. And then I've got a, a girl who does customer service. She's my assistant as well. 
and then I've got three more sales guys, and then we got a shipping guy who does nothing but shipping. Wow. So what is that? It's like nine, ten-ish people, and we're always recruiting. So, yeah. um, you know, we're in this little. This is a, a house I bought. Actually, the first house I bought. Uh, it's a it's a duplex, and we run the office out of the lower unit here. We've got about two thousand square feet, and we're running out of space. I actually bought the house next door, another duplex. So a lot of the employees live next door. They live upstairs and they work in the office here. So it's like, I call it Stefan Arneal campus. Yeah. It come is on the campus. campus. You come on the campus and you work here. And that's why we're buying a bigger building on this 50,000 square foot building I'm buying. Cause I think we're going to have probably 13 and then probably 20 employees pretty soon. Like we're, we're aggressively hiring right now. I love it. That's awesome. So uh, in the near future, a lot of growth going on. That's great. So as far as your, your sales people, you said you have three sales guys. Yeah. What is, what is their job? Is that like selling the properties at the end of the day? Yeah. So the acquisitions team, there's three guys on the acquisition team and they're buying and selling properties all day. And then the three guys on the sales team, they're selling education and training. Okay. So that's, that's a whole nother business, whole nother thing. And, and you know what? It's funny. People look at, real estate training and they're like, Oh man, that's easier than real estate. It is 10 times harder to sell training and to do training than real estate. Real estate's easy. You know, you buy a, a, a crappy house or crappy building, you fix it up and it's done. Um, education training, you have to be super smart to do it. And I never wanted to be in the education business, but there were so many people calling me every day and hitting me up on social media. Like I was a big blogger. I was blogging a lot and I was speaking and I'd written a book and I won some awards and I was in magazines. So I was published in all these magazines as this award winner. And there were so many people calling me. I opened up a business for training. I never wanted to because I thought training in real estate was really scummy. I thought it was a scummy business and a lot of like dirty guys. And I didn't want to be a dirty guy like them. But uh, I started offering training because people started. But every day I get multiple inquiries and you know, some people are serious and they come in and they do training and it's not cheap to train with me. It's, it's, I'm probably one of the higher priced operators out there, but I also have the best testimonials and best results. I have never seen better testimonials. So, um, I, that's a challenge. If anybody has better testimonials, I'd love to see it. I love um, it. so, you know, I, I'm not the low cost provider, but I am the low risk provider. I'll say yeah. that. And results driven, which is more important at the mm -hmm. end of the day. So yeah, I've helped a lot of people go full time. A lot of people want to quit their, uh, quit their job, right? And I can usually, if, if someone has a little bit of experience, I can get them out of their job in 12 to 18 months uh, and get them to a multi six figure income and on their way to being a millionaire in 12 to 18 months. And it usually comes down to doing a dozen deals in a dozen months. Yeah. If you do 12 deals in 12 months, you're going to be a full time operator pretty quick. Yep. No, I couldn't agree more. That's awesome. So I have, I have the same situation uh, that I have people reaching out to me on a regular basis, asking for guidance and coaching. Uh, I do coach a, you know, a small handful right now, but I, I was in the same situation that I truly did not want to actually help. Uh, not that I didn't want to help, but I definitely want to help and give back. But um, I feel like that right fit is very important. And there's so many scumbags out there that will take anybody's money and not deny people if, if they can tell like that they're not going to actually be able to pr provide results. So, um, what, what is your, have you denied a, a bunch of people in the past? 
Yeah, I mean, we do we do turn away some people. I mean, here's the problem, Brandon. There's a real ethical problem with being a provider of education. On one hand, you want to qualify and have the best people. On the other hand, who are you to decide who can survive and who can't? That's right. So there's two arguments. There's should you select the cream? I mean, of course you want the cream, the best guys to come in. But I've also had guys who I've had guys who I say you're going to be my best student, and they suck so bad. Really? And then yeah, I've had some guys that you know. I had one guy who was running a print business. He was making six million of revenue, netting whatever he was netting, six hundred grand. Like he was making big money, and he sucked so bad when I brought him into my program. He just didn't do his calls and everything. He was bitching at me and bucking me on everything. So he was he was a dropout and he yeah. sucked. But I thought he was going to be amazing. And then sometimes I get like a, a little a little old Filipino lady or something and. I don't think she's going to do it. And she comes in all guns blazing and she's kicking ass and taking names. Oh, yeah. So I, who am I to say that this guy is going to be great and this guy's not? I'm not God. I can't uh, yeah. decide. But, you know, people have attitude problems on the way in. I'll, I'll just say, hey, man, this isn't for you because you've got attitude problems. But I, I am not a, the greatest judge of who can make it and who can't because I always get someone surprising me on both ends of the spectrum. That's so true, and I'm glad that you kind of brought that up because now I, now I feel bad <laughs> um, because who am I to judge at the end of the day? But typically, if, if I don't feel confident that I'll actually be able to provide them value and make sure that they do get a, a strong ROI on their investment with me, then I, I don't want to pick them up. Like If I can tell they're not taking action on the little things that I give them, then I'm just like, yeah, you know, I don't think it's going to be a good, uh, good fit. Well, truthfully, I mean, if somebody can't make the payment, they probably shouldn't be in it. Yeah. Right. If you can't put together some money to bet on yourself, well, you probably won't be betting on a house anytime soon either. That's right. You know, and that's, and that's funny. Money, money talks, bullshit walks. And when people are putting money down on themselves and saying, yeah, I'm going to do it. Good for you. And, uh, it's funny, you know, right now I'm doing this, this is a $5 million, 50,000 square foot warehouse I'm working on. I got the meeting in 25 minutes coming up. And then the big clincher, it's funny, the vendor, they're going to do about a million dollar vendor financing for me. They said, how much are you putting in? We want some skin in the game. And the bank this morning, they're going to give me, I think, 1.1 million to fix it up. And they said, we want you to see some skin in the game. You know, everybody wants you to have some skin in the game. That's right. And it doesn't have to be a lot of skin, but you got to put some skin in. So it's funny because I'm trying to put the least amount of skin because I know <laughs> what it's going to take. I know what it's going to take to get this building running it's going to cost a lot more than you think it does always i mean the roof on this thing's 150 grand to 300 grand just for the roof the asbestos to take out is 150 grand so you get a couple of things wrong on your budget and you're putting your money in so it's going to be interesting to see um you know the vendor wants skin in the game the bank wants skin in the game and same with training and coaching i mean you got to put some skin in the game people always say can i pay you after my deal's done i said what are you talking about nobody ever does anything if they don't put skin in the game you have to put something in to get something out that's right there's got to be a pain point behind it to to be able to really get out of your comfort zone and make a difference make a change yeah exactly exactly cool let's talk about joint ventures for a few minutes um that that first book that you came out with um money people deal that's right. Yes. So, so how did, how did you, when you had some deals coming in, you knew that you needed money, you didn't have any, you know, was it the coaching that really helped you 
line you up with the right people or was it just your mindset of like, when there's a will, there's a way and I'm going to find the money out there? Well, I, I went and worked for free for a guy. This okay. is in my book, Self-Made. I went and worked for free for a guy, which is a really big thing. If you can pull off working for free, and now actually I offer jobs to my students. If you come into my program, yep. you flip a house, I'll offer you a full-time job. Yeah. Um, if you come work for free, I went and worked for free for a guy, and he had a private equity company raising money for 400 and 500 unit apartment blocks. So I had a job working for free, and then I eventually got hired. I was one of the top private equity salesmen for this company. Mm. So one of the clues is first you got to get a job, then you got to get a sales job. So I went in, I was one of the top money raisers. And when I went out on my own, I was one of the few guys who could survive in real estate because I was really good at raising money. And I got a couple of high net worth multimillionaires. Uh, right now I've still got a, I've, I used to have 18 different investors who invested with me. I cut it down to about two because 18 dinners and 18 lunches and 18 breakfasts and it's just too much, right? And yeah. then you got to run your business somehow. So I've, uh, I've cut it down, but I got really good at raising money and really good at presenting. It's funny because that education of working for private equity and learning to raise money really well professionally ultimately made me write this book, Money People Deal, which ultimately launched my entire career in both real estate and training. And it's that education, that education of learning to really do it and really raise the money, which has built the whole empire here. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's tremendous. So as you started, um, I mean, how did you get to the point where you had 15, 15 plus people that uh, were actually willing to, to give you that money? And how did you actually decide to pick, you know, just the two, you know, were, were those relationships just very solid? Well, one guy has 140 million, so you probably yeah. want to pick him, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know how much he has. Apparently, I've heard on the street he has 140 million. We don't know. Nobody knows exactly how much money anybody has, but word on the street is that. Um, anyways, the um, how, how, the how. Everybody wants to know the how, but I think the why is more important. Yeah. Why do you want to do this? Uh, the how, the how is simple. You know, I worked for this private equity company, and we had a marketing strategy which was brilliant. The strategy when I worked for the company was give out more free education to the market than anybody else. Yep. I'll say it again. Give out more free education to the market than anyone else. So when I went on my own, I wrote 120 blogs in 120 days. And then people started asking me to come speak at their real estate clubs. And I went and spoke on stage. And then I turned those blogs into a book, Money People Deal. And then I just kept educating and educating and educating. And two things happened. One is $5 million of investor money came in through 18 different investors. And number two, uh, people came in for training, which I never thought was going to happen. But that was a side effect of giving out more free education than anybody else. And I'm, I'm the same way today. I do a YouTube video every day. Uh, I got my own podcast. I got five books uh, going now. So I'm just pushing out the education as hard as I can. And it's, it's funny because this is how the market has gone. The entire market in the last 10 years has shifted towards this, you know, free education first. I was looking at Ed Milet the other day. He's the chairman of World Financial Group. And somebody said, thank you for the millions of dollars of education you give for free. And that's, that's the business model of today's world is 
free, 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 free education, free, 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 $50,000, right? You look at Gary V, free, 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 200 million. Grant Cardone, free, 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 100 million. You know, Ty Lopez, free, 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 free. I don't know what he's doing, 35 million or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So these guys, that's that's the business model today of of everything is this free, 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 and then something serious. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I'm glad you brought that up. It's, uh, it's something good for the listeners to kind of soak in. Um, cool. So we actually have a, a question from uh, Bruce. He, he asked, if you were to start all over again, knowing what you know now, uh, what would you do and what would you avoid doing? Oh, do I get, do I get to keep my knowledge? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I don't know. No, no knowledge. Um, no, well, geez, no knowledge. I think, I don't know if that's fair. Um, if I, if I get, if I get to keep the knowledge. Well, no, knowing what you know now. Knowing what I know now. You know, I would probably, I would probably go into an internet business really quickly because it's fast and it scales fast and it's clean. Um, I would also probably go right into bigger real estate deals right off the bat. I mean, for example, you know, this deal over here that I'm working it's going to make 22,000 cash flow a month. Well, that's, that's a better cash flow. Like even if you're really great at flipping houses, you can flip 20, 30 houses and not even make that. So, you know, with the brains I have now, I'd probably go into some bigger real estate. Uh, I'd probably get a sales job right away. If I didn't have any income, I'd probably really get, I'd rent a room at someone's house. So I'd have the minimum expenses and uh, I would probably start building an internet company and doing bigger deals. I love it. Right off the bat. Yeah. That's you know, just lean and mean. Yeah. Yeah. Cut out the expenses, really, you know, tighten up and then go for bigger and better. I have people mention that to me all the time because, you know, I'm working on four units and under right now. But my goal is to get into the bigger uh, multifamily, you know, 100 units is, is my goal. And that's a, that's a tough space. Everybody wants to be in that. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, um, pe- people are like, you know, stop, stop do- dealing with the little things when you want to go to the big things anyway, you know, if that's, the angle, you, you know what though, Brandon, I, let, let me say this, man. I mean, I'm buying 50 small units in the next three years. I just made the goal. I've got uh, in this one neighborhood that I'm in right now. I want 50 units. It's a premium neighborhood. I want 50 units in this neighborhood. I don't care if it's duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, eightplex, 16plex. I don't care. What I'm doing there is just building an asset base. And I don't really care. Like, I honestly don't really care what the cash flow is. The cash flow is going to be minimal because those small units don't cash flow well. I'm going to make my own management company in this little neighborhood and dominate this one neighborhood. That's it. But at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with doing those small units because you build the asset base to leverage into the bigger units later. That's right. right? And, and you're a young guy. How young are you? I'm 28. I'm 28. So you're super young. And when you're 28, you know, by the time you're 58, that stuff's all paid off. Yeah. So now you that, got your asset base. That's the goal too. You know, I leverage credit a lot to, with balance transfers to have little of my own money into my deals. And uh, <laughs> God bless you. And then – uh, <laughs> And, and for the most part, you know, just building up my portfolio and cash flowing that whole time is kind of the goal um, until I do some like velocity banking to pay it all off down the road. Right. 
Right. Well, that's, and, and you know, you gotta, you gotta build up your asset base. And yeah. I think it's duplexes and triplexes are not great assets, but if you have an asset base and equity there, you can go get something better later. And, you know, you don't have to sell it. That's the other beautiful thing is I have a whole bunch of real estate. I don't ever want to sell this building I'm sitting in is a never sell property. The yeah. one next door I just bought is a never sell property. Um, this warehouse over here is probably another never sell. Like it's at a key, it's at two key, uh, major streets and just the signage alone there is worth enough to pay for the whole building. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's all about, uh, there's a, there's some stuff you never want to sell and then there's some stuff you want to flip and just get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. As far as, you know, I, I think, I think you are correct when it comes down to, the, the smaller units, they're not the best assets, but at the same time, you know, kind of just getting started. I have two triplexes, both individually produce 1400 cash flow, and, and I have like no money into both. So it is, it is something that uh, can be beneficial kind of in the short term game. Well, the, the trouble with the, you know, I had a mentor say this, and it's a really powerful thing. He says, anything four units and young and under with 80% debt or more. Yeah. Uh, doesn't ca or sorry, 50% debt or more doesn't cash flow. And when you put the maintenance, the vacancies and yeah. everything over time, you have to self-manage those things, which yeah. is part of the game. And yeah, I guess you make a, a good cash flow, but a true cash flow uh, is, is brutal. It's a brutal, brutal thing. And yeah. uh, I, I got a spreadsheet I can send you if you like to, to do the true cash flow. It's a scary, scary thing. You know, I'm doing a, I'm doing a triplex right now. Uh, that's a, a fix and hold. And I think it makes like a true cash flow is like 400 bucks or 350 or something. Yeah. But, but the, the cash flow other people would say is like two grand. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like two grand, but then when you factor in all the other things, it's like yeah. 300 bucks or 200 bucks or something. Yeah. People aren't, you know, putting in the capital expenditures in the future with a new roof or water heater or whatever, you know, furnace and Which, well, just wear and tear and vacancy. I mean, that's, that's another thing I've started to do with vacancies is I'm going for all three bedroom, two bath units. So all these buildings, I got a, a double three bed, two bath duplex I'm working on right now. I got another uh, two bed, one bath, two bed, one bath, three bed, two bath triplex. So I'm going for all these three bed, two baths and two bed, one bath because the vacancies are lower on those because people stay for five years. Hmm. Whereas a one bed or a bachelor is turning every year and those turns cost you two months of rent every time. And you probably don't have that in your calculation because yeah. you're not planning on it to be vacant or to take a two month hit every time. Cause it costs you a month of vacancy and then you have probably some cleaning and some uh, painting to do. Yeah. So every time if that's hitting you for two out of 12 months, you're looking at a 16% vacancy rate. Yeah, that's huge. Oh my God, you probably put down 3% vacancy or 8%. Yeah. It's 16%. Well, now your cash flow is gone. You know what I mean? No, of course. No, it's so true. It's good for you know anybody listening to this. You definitely need to do your due diligence and really calculate um, and anticipate um, maybe a little bit over, uh, overestimate on, on your expenses. And then I always, I always over estimate all my expenses and then underestimate all my income. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a, a real thing that, I mean, when you start doing those buy and holds, 
Yeah. Uh, I had about 20 units when I started. I, I went and got 20 units really fast on JVs. Yeah. And I quickly learned that they don't cash flow. They cash flow 400 bucks on paper. In reality, they didn't. So some of them I gave back to the partners. I said, here, you can keep this. It's yours. I mean, one guy self-managing at cash flows, but not in a portfolio way. So, you know, I had to take a hard lesson on a lot of those. And another interesting number to know is seven years. When you get seven years into a rental like that, that's when the deferred maintenance catches up. Yeah. You get slapped yeah. with all this deferred maintenance. And a lot of guys, if they're too leveraged or they don't have any cash or they don't have any income, like I got a very high income now, I can afford it. Yeah. But when I started, I had no income and the roof would go and the appliances would go and then the tenant would smash it up and you got a $12,000 bill, you can't pay. Yeah. Well, now, now what happens is you're now going to be eaten up by some predator in the marketplace like me. Yeah. Some predator is going to come catch you, man. <laughs> yeah, so true. So we got one more question before we wrap everything up. Um, so do you, do you use any business credit for funding your properties? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now on this commercial deal. I'm using my business to buy it, which is super cool. Oh, yeah. um, business credit's hard to get. You need, you need three years of financials or two years of financials. You have to get uh, you have to get the financials verified by accountants, not just notice to reader. You need uh, reviewed financials or audited. So it's it's tough, man. And and you got to have a real good business to support that. So when you're when you're making bank and you have a good business, you can do that. But when you're just starting out, you don't have a hope of getting that for several years. Yeah. It took me, Brandon. It took me almost ten years to get back into a bank. Now Canada has the toughest banks in the world. Yeah. The strongest, strongest, toughest banks. But yeah, it's taken me almost 10 years to get back into a regular bank. Yeah. It might be a little bit easier over here for business credit. Um, but, but I, I still leverage a lot of personal credit as well with balance transfers, 0% interest for like 12 or 18 months, uh, to do my remodels. Um, that's great. If you can do it, I mean, it's great if you can do it. I, I always say to my students, don't do it like that because you need that money in case it goes wrong. Yeah. So that's like your safety net backup money. I think, I think you should do investor money yeah. first. Private and money. then if, if something goes wrong, Brandon, let's say, you know, you're 30 grand over budget. Now you use that balance transfer money. Cause if you leverage, if you leverage into a deal, um, it's going to get very bad. Because yeah. if something goes wrong, you're leveraged in, you've got nowhere to go. So, so I'm, I'm just being the old man over here talking about all the war <laughs> stories of how everything has gone wrong in the past on some things. Yeah, no, I mean, it's true. You gotta, you, de you definitely need to be prepared for, um, for that. God forbid if plan A doesn't work, you have plan B, C, D, and, it, and so forth. Cool. So what about the future for you? What, is, what does the future hold for you? What does the future hold? Um, well, I told myself 10 years of flipping real estate, which is coming to an end, 10 years of flipping people, which is coaching, 10 years of flipping uh, companies, and then 10 years of flipping privately or publicly traded companies. Okay. So that's my goal. Uh, my goal is to be a billionaire by 60. We'll see if I even live that long. But uh, you know, the goal is 10, 10, 10, 10. So I'm just finishing up 10 years of flipping real estate and going into 10 years of flipping people. Okay. And then uh, start flipping companies. I think companies are the most interesting things because the velocity of money is so much faster. Yeah. They move faster. They turn faster. 
Um, you know, you flip a house, you make 20 grand, you flip a company, you make $2 million. Yeah. Big difference there. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Very cool. Um, cool. So how can people reach you? And I know you said that you have a, a book for some of the listeners, I believe, right? Yeah, I got a book for anybody who wants it. This is Money People, deal all about raising capital, doing joint ventures. Uh, if you're somebody you need money for your business or want to get started in real estate, this is a great book. You can get a Stefan Arneo, S-T-E-F-A-N-A-A-A-A-A-R-N-I-O. So it's stefanarneo.com forward slash book. You can get this book for cost plus shipping. So it's like, I think it's like $8.95 or something. So you can get that at stefanarneo.com forward slash book. And if you want to connect with me, uh, at Stefan Arneo on Instagram, Facebook, uh, stefanarneo.com has all my books and products and things like that. So if you want to connect, stefanarneo.com, just my name. I love it. Stefan, you're the man, brother. I, I truly appreciate your time. You've, uh, you've poured in tons of value. And uh, I, I know the listeners will be able to take action on this stuff. So it's great. So uh, for anybody out there that wants to connect with me, um, you can check me out anywhere on social media, Brandon Elliott Investments. Uh, you can also check me out on uh, BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Uh, do me a favor. If you guys find value in this, share it out to people. And, um, and don't forget to subscribe to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, as well as leave a review. I will send you my book, uh, Action Driven, for free. For free, guys. I'll send this to you. So... Uh, you're definitely going to want to take action on that. And, and uh, there's a lot of great value in this. So thank you so much, brother. I truly appreciate you. Is thank there, you, Brandon. Is there anything that we can do to give back value for you? You know what? Uh, just, just send, send some people my way, man. If they want to pick up a book, I love to uh, deliver more than I take every day. I love it. Cool. All right, brother. Till next time, guys. God bless. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time.